back to the Abbey Online podcast. I'm bringing you a much calmer episode this week compared to last week's wild, wild guest, the Master Cheater. This week, I'm joined by Karina, the host of the podcast Bold, Brown and British, as well as some friends who came along for the discussion too, Ash and Lena. During this episode, we discuss cultural standards and millennials, brown people problems, interracial dating and being successful career orientated women. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy. You cut off that you podcast what? Um, I podcast in my picture. You're going to say you podcast naked? No, no, it's cut too cold. <laughs> <laughs> Could you even imagine? Like, it's when I feel the most creative. Yes, well, I'm all for it. <laughs> You know what? This is why I say I could never do OnlyFans because to be naked all the time is to be cold to me. I catch a chill very oh, easily. I know what you mean. <laughs> so, how have you guys been? And do you want to introduce oh. yourselves and tell us, tell the listeners a bit about who you are? Yeah, sure. Um, so, I'm Karina. I'm a British Bengali um, in my 30s or just turned 30. Um, I don't really know what else to add. What What do people want to know about me? Well, I, I guess I should ask, like, do the you know plug in for the uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, the host of Bold, Brown, and British. So I guess that summarizes me pretty well, hopefully. <laughs> um, and that's obviously where, from purely a brown perspective, where we talk about the challenges and life as a brown being a british um brown person um but that's why it's nice to kind of meet other boss babes who are kind of rocking it too that's exactly how i described you and i was going to describe you i was thinking of actually titling the episode like brown boss babes (laughs) that sounds awesome i love that (laughs) and lena what do you do tell us a bit about yourself um well I'm from London I'm 37 I'm a by day I'm a PA <laughs> uh, by night um, <laughs> I'll keep that a mystery um but I'm I'm kind of like really interested at the moment in like I'm for, for myself I would say I'm like spiritually awakening and um I'm fascinated by all those types of things a lot of like talking about inner child work and stuff like that. Um, female embodiment, which I'm really delving into. Because um, what, what's more luscious than being fully female embodied, right? This is true. Um, yeah, and I, I help Karina out a little bit now and then on the podcast. You might hear my voice over there. That's great. Why did you start your podcast, Q? Please tell us. What inspired you to create a platform to discuss important topics? You know what, so I, it started up kind of years ago where I was like, I just want to do something to kind of empower brown women. Um, it started off kind of brown women and then it kind of expanded into, you know, I guess all pe- people of color and kind of brown folks in general, brown millennials, I guess, um, as the kind of key business. And I just found that I'm having so much of really interesting conversations on a day-to-day basis, things that really do affect us, you know, from, I guess, the slightly more deeper topics of kind of colorism and, you know, 
racial, I guess, misrepresentation in workplaces and in different industries to kind of slightly lighter of, you know, okay, I've, you know, I've come out as gay. How do I tell my parents? What happens if I don't want to be the typical lawyer engineer? How, what do I do if I find myself losing myself in a relationship? And what is the relationship with my parents like? I think all of these things are just really important conversations to have. And I think I just wanted to create a platform where if I could even enhance somebody else's, like one other person's life, that would be great because that's the role model. That's the kind of advice that I wish I had when I was younger or when I was going through some of these stuff. And yeah, that's that's where it all kind of started from. And then turns out I love talking, so I can't really shut up about stuff. So I figured those are kind of a good way to kind of combine it because um, I guess the choice was between having a written blog and writing about it. Um, like I, I dabbled, I dabbled, I guess, less so now, but I dabbled in poetry um, or just speaking about it. And I thought that in, when it comes to conversations, a lot of them are, you know, over a cup of chai or just kind of sitting at a pub with like, you know, a drink or just over a friend's house. That it's like, you know, what feels like 3 a.m. but it's like 9 p.m. because apparently we're old. Um, and like 9 p.m. is like bedtime for me. And yeah, so I thought that was sort of just more organic way of of having these conversations. I wanted to say something about awesome. them, but I will be <laughs> <laughs> boss. Uh, beep. <laughs> Welcome to the Ebby Online Podcast, Ash. Do you want to talk, like introduce yourself quickly before I start getting into the the meat and bones of this podcast? Yeah. Um... My name's Ash, and I've been friends with yourselves for a while. Um, I work in property management, and yeah, I'm just uh, very keen to do my part to contribute to this conversation, if possible. I was going to ask you, what, what are you all seeking currently in your lives? Are you currently seeking a relationship to date and have fun because I know that you all are very successful on your own so are you looking to add something else to your life in the romance department yes and no so my my revelation from 2020 is that soulmates come in non-romantic ways too Ooh, I so I would argue that I'm looking for meaningful connections whether that be in a relationship or not or whether that be in a partner or not, only time will tell, right? Like, I think I'd be open to it, but I think more importantly, the firstly, like the relationship you have with yourself, it should always be the strongest one. But the secondly, if you seek out meaningful, positive people who, who are like your soul food, you can't go wrong in life and you'll attract more of those and you'll, you'll just find the quality of life is increased. So I think I'm, I'm looking for that, my, my soul food in people. That's beautiful. I do love that you said um, you can find non-romantic soulmates because I believe that some of my best friends are that way. Known mm. them since childhood and it's like, it feels like a family bond. It feels like a, a really strong, beautiful connection. And I feel like it's like an, that some of them are like angels in my life. I feel that way. 
um yeah so that was beautiful Lena what about yourself I would definitely 100% agree with everything you just said um I as well like this year and last year went on a massive self-discovery after a breakup um which I was devastated by and um it was like one of the loneliest times I've ever felt like being isolated from loads of people um and yeah discovering that I'm the one who's always going to be here for me no matter what and I'm never going to let myself down ever again and realizing that the relationship like you said that you have with yourself is the most important one and when you begin to cultivate that and nourish that nourish yourself figure out what you want in life then everything else kind of opens up and now I'm kind of like in this awakening phase of letting everything flow to me rather than actively going out and sourcing everything just kind of like going with the flow of what the universe and where it's steering me um and just yeah doing a lot of inner child and deep shadow work at the moment as well going for a lot of healing um so I'm happy enough on my own but I know that I really do want to have someone be part of my life and have a really nourishing, growing, healing relationship with that person. Um, and knowing that I'm going through it and doing all the work for me, I hope that that would then add to someone else's life and that they would add to my life in a positive way. Lena, I love what you said there about shadow work and healing <laughs> um, inner child wounds, because you Gosh. said this year you've been on that journey. It's been the same for me. I oh, really? remember about October, November last year, I was like, I just want to um, do the shadow work and become a better version of myself and let go of the negative energies and the fear and trauma from the past that is stopping me from doing that. Kind yes. of like breaking generational curses. If you become yeah. a Gosh. healthy person, then you can attract someone healthy raise a healthy family and have a healthy life and yeah heal your ancestral trauma too 100 percent, 100 i'm gonna come back to you two and ask you about manifesting because i heard some some spiritual okay. <laughs> there so i want to i do want to delve into that ash yeah, definitely are, are you looking uh, for life so, I think I think Hugh and Lena really much hit up, uh, hit on the head. I think, uh, especially the whole lockdown situation, I've very much been working on my relationship with myself, um, especially in the last few months. Just been focusing on my own mental health, as, as as I'm sure you remember. I had a bit of a Britney moment, shaved my hair, quit my job, um, and yeah. Um, so, in terms of just still going through those processes, just focusing on myself at the moment. But yeah, of course, I'm always be open to something special coming in but I just think I think you said it perfectly you've got to work on your relationship with yourself so that's pretty much where I am at the moment are you the oh no you go for it go for it go for it please I was gonna say I think a lot of people assume that if you're if you're looking to be in a relationship that means you're incomplete you know the whole like the phrase I'm looking for someone to complete me and I hate that because you should be complete regardless of whether you're in a relationship or not. But I think you can, you don't seek a relationship to complete yourself. You seek relationships to be a companion to your life. I think that that's what people should be. I guess, I guess it's again, just a shift of mindset, 
shift in um, perspective and a shift in mindset. I'm not, if I'm looking for a relationship or if I'm whoever I'm looking for, I'm not looking for them to complete me. I'm complete as a person. I've, you know, I've traveled 30 years, survived on my own. My relationship with myself will always be the most important relationship I have. But looking for somebody else to share that journey doesn't necessarily mean I'm not complete or that it makes me, you know, air quote weaker. And I know I get a lot of a lot of people that are like, oh, how can you be a feminist but be looking for a companionship or, you know, really? be looking for a partner? You'd be surprised. Yeah, and I'm like, That's, they're so different. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, wow. Mm, that's a very strange thing for someone to say. Yeah, I think um, that is. I don't get that. I really don't understand that. So what, you're, if you're a feminist, you're not allowed to want a relationship. You're supposed to just be on your own. I, I don't get that mindset. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, I guess it'd be like if you're a feminist, you don't need no man, right? Like it's not it's not about that. I think everybody needs companion. Yeah, I, we're built yeah. to seek partnership and to to like yeah. want to connect with someone, as well as like obviously you heal the relationship with yourself, you are enough, but we are cool. biologically, we want to make connections with people. That's why yeah. the lockdowns affected so many of us because we weren't able to have human interaction. Mm. I think that like being, and again, the people that are like, oh, you can find companions and friends. It's different when it's in a, with a partner. It's kind of <laughs> as cheesy as it sounds and I guess <laughs> twisted in some ways too. They're your person. They're the one person that will and should be putting up with your kind of minor rants about the day you know they're the person you know you can pick up the phone to and be like you know what this minor thing really irritated me today and yes you could do that with friends too that's what I mean like you know you have friends that are your soulmates as well but it's a different sort of connection when you're with a partner romantically you know that this is the other person that hopefully you want to share your life with. Lena, may I ask you how you started to heal from that breakup? Like what action did you take? Because I know it can be really hard for some people. So how did you pick yourself back up? Did you listen to anything motivational? Did you read any books? So my, my journey really started back in a different relationship, at the end of a different relationship about three years ago. Um, and that was a very toxic, emotionally abusive relationship with, which lasted about 11 years. And it was very, very uh, up and down throughout. There were periods of calm and there were periods of chaos and just constantly very confusing. Sometimes he could be very loving and then other times very nasty, nasty, kind of had narcissistic traits too. And I didn't realize until I'd gotten out of it that it was toxic when people started to say it to me. And then my therapist told me, you've, you've been through emotional abuse. Mm. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> um, and actually through doing more healing work, I've, I've since discovered that I've had a lot of emotional neglect throughout my life since childhood. 
So kind of dealing with that. But when that breakup happened, I, I don't know, I had a massive change in mindset. I was like, I didn't like the person that I was in that relationship. So I had decided that I wasn't going to be like that anymore, like be like chasey, chasing and being needy. And, um, you know, I, I admit I wasn't like uh, the best version of myself. I think we just brought out the worst in each other. But I made a conscious thought to be like, I'm going to be different and I'm going to be better because I, I want to be better. Um, and I just, um, I started seeing Matthew Hussey pop up every now and then. Um, and I was like, oh, who's this guy? And what does he know about dating women and stuff? And I kind of just half-heartedly listened a bit, but then his stuff actually started to make a lot of sense. So then I would kind of tuned in a bit more, paid more attention. And I was like, yeah, actually this dude knows the, what he's talking about. Um, and now he, I think he's like one of the most incredible human beings on the planet. Um, so followed him and I, I then began to just, um, I was very calm because I was out of the toxic relationship environment and I was thinking a lot more clearly um, and then discovering, I wanted to find out more about what I wanted and what I wanted to do with life. Um, and then I began dating again and that helped boost my confidence a bit more because any of the old stories that were part of me before I realized were not true. And what he had been saying to me before was not true about how I was and my character and stuff. Narcissists so, often do that though. Yeah. Um, and then I met a truly amazing guy. Uh, we had a really, really instant, amazing you know not just connection but chemistry wise too so combined that was just like incredible for me coming out of something that was you know awful um but he he listened to me he you know we talked for hours about loads of things um he really saw me and heard about me and my story and just never judged me in any way um but sadly he didn't want commitment so I, I had to I had to leave it because I was like Matthew Hussey was then in my head saying you know if somebody doesn't want to commit to you then you're only hurting yourself and you deserve more um, and you deserve to have somebody who wants everything with you and not settle again and that was one thing that I had in my mind from the past do not ever settle for anything less than your worth um, because there's just going to be pain from that so very difficult decision but I left um, and then I just continued to just um, watch things online and follow Matthew Hussey a bit more. I later did a retreat, which is where I met the beautiful, lovely, my love, Karina. Um, and we hit it off like, I know we had a little group and then we just kind of connected like quite strongly. I think we like, like were trauma bonded in a way. Um, and that's when I, I was then beginning to lean more into like, you know, the female embodiment and like, you know, expressing sexuality and being exactly who I am and who I want to be living the life I want and trying all these different things like hobbies and things. And um, my life just in, like massively, you know, became expanded. Um, and it's true when you lean into it and you, you don't resist what the universe is trying to do for you things do just flow to you and I, I now have like really really good friends around me um really like soulmate friendships um, that, that that were developed over the pandemic and they mean like the absolute world to me I I would be devastated in it if any of them you know drifted away because that does happen sometimes but if it does happen I now know I will also be okay and that's just life 
happening for me and whatever's meant to come is going to come um so yeah just working with a counselor as well um doing therapy is always really helpful and useful going back now i'm doing some coaching and uh delving right into where all these stories first came about and it's like it, it's it's deep and it's hard and quite dark <laughs> i but really I, really refreshing and nourishing i find it interesting what you said there about the toxic relationship because often we cannot be ourselves in situations like that we can be attracted to narcissistic partners because of childhood trauma parent the way we were raised by parents often if we have a narcissistic parent and it's like we can be attracted to these people and they break down our boundaries so much that it can be so hard for us to let go because we've invested so much into them yes. and they constantly keep you on this ro roller coaster of love bombing and then devaluation and then discarding and you're constantly i feel like a hamster on a wheel when i talk about this chasing yeah. for the beginning of the relationship when everything was so amazing mm. um but yeah i think it's so interesting what you said and i think it's so important one thing i've learned myself this year is to have like to keep your boundaries up and to not ac accept anyone that will break them like I was talking to one of my friends the other day whose other friend is involved in a situationship where the guy wants to see other people, but she's fully invested and it's like she's only going to get hurt in the end. Oh, gosh. So we would try, like all of my friends have said to her, like, you need to pull your energy back. But sometimes you have to let people learn for themselves and it can be really horrible to watch, unfortunately. Mm. I think it just comes back to the relationship with yourself. Like, I think, again, so obviously I, I went on the retreat and was where I met my John and Marlena. And it, once you, once you realize that you are the one person who has been and will always be there for yourself, your time and your value becomes so much more important you get to a point where hopefully, first of all, I guess you're, you will never start healing your relationships with other people, the types of relationships you attract, unless you fixed your relationship with yourself or started to. I think it's always an ongoing journey too. I think once, unless you've started that journey, you've kind of made a little bit of progress in it you won't get the relationships. You, you will always repeat the same kind of patterns because you've not started. And, it, you know, as I hate the, in some ways, I hate the phrase, like you work on yourself, but I think it's not necessarily just self-growth. I think it's self-valuation, knowing what your value is and being like, if somebody is not meeting me at those values, if, if they don't value me, 80% of the place of where I value myself, then this person, whether it be a relationship, a friend, family, they're not the person that should be in my inner circle of people who I surround myself with, who I go to for advice, who I would be like, you know, bear my soul to break my boundaries for. Everybody deserves a chance, but I think it's, 
if you treat the world with a little bit more kindness, you'll probably get a little bit more back. But if you treat them with only kindness to the extent where you're, you're kind of sacrificing your own self-worth, that's when the kind of manipulation and the narcissist behavior starts because you've, you've forgotten the bottom line where you're not respecting yourself and your time and the value that you have as, as a person. And it's such an easy thing to say, but hard thing to implement on a day-to-day basis, because when you are in a relationship, we've all been in toxic relationships, you know, in some form or the other, when you are in that relationship, you just, everything is great. As you said, you are kind of chasing the, the beginning of the relationship and you kind of weigh up that, oh, but they, you know, they, you know, they did this and he's that, he's, he's a great guy though. You kind of, tell yourself excuses um it's it's tough I think um not to be in the kind of scarcity mindset not to be like because you know what part how much of it is compromising yourself and how much is just a natural compromise that happens in relationship that's always a bit of a conversation and in in a dialogue that you have with yourself too apps do you use apps today or do you yeah how do you date do you use apps or is it through friends is it do people set you up because one of my friends got I don't I don't want to say it was a blind date but her stepbrother was like my friend wants to take you out and you know they had a really nice date obviously she saw pictures of him and it's kind of good when a friend introduces you because you know that the person hopefully is is decent my friends are rubbish. They, I can't trust <laughs> them. Like I've been telling them, like, come on, man, hook me up. I've only yeah. ever been dating apps, and oh my god, it's like a, it's like a vicious cycle. You you get into it, and it's exciting at first, and it's like you know, this is, this is fun, and then you start getting ghosted, and the, the, you know, there's never any second dates, and nobody seems to be serious. And then it becomes really draining. Everybody just wants casual sex. And then you come off them again, but then you're like, well, how am I going to meet someone? And then it's like, it starts all over again. <laughs> you know? It's so hard. And the thing about um, the apps is there's a lot of BS you just got to cut through. People are putting very much a version of themselves, which might not be true. So I think one of I think that's one of the issues I've had with the apps is you know people have um, things. I'm not saying you should put everything out on on your profiles, etc. What I'm trying to say is I think people are very disingenuous when it comes to apps. I'm trying to move away from that, and I think um, to start doing more in person type thing, friend of a whether it's friend of a friend or through the workplace. So I think now obviously now that we're moving away from lockdown. Um, people are going to be returned to the workplace. Um, that's, that's might be a route that we'll have to take a look at potentially. But I just think, yeah, there's too much, too much BS out there in terms of the way people are presenting themselves and just sort of touching upon what Karina and Lena had said previously. I think, um, yeah, I'm a little bit concerned about the amount of narcissistic traits people have out there. Um, I'd like to think I haven't come across any full-blown narcissists, 
uh, could be either one, I'm very lucky, or two, I'm just not very good at detecting it. I definitely come across people. You're not narcissist yourself. Plot twist. Well, yeah, possibly <laughs> plot twist. Yeah, looking in the mirror. I'm the asshole. Um, um, <laughs> I've definitely, I've definitely come across people with narcissistic traits, i.e., uh, disingenuous, a bit. Uh, not particularly honest, um, gaslighting, but more like low level type of stuff, level four gaslighting rather than like emotional abuse type of gaslighting. So I think it's very concerning how many people out there have these traits. It's just like trying to find a room of a hundred people, how many of them are gonna be narcissists and how many are gonna be normals. It's uh, it's really concerning, but I think kind of one of, um, Evan's previous uh, podcast with H.E. Tudor where he was saying that um, social media and dating apps are full of narcissists. I think, I definitely think these apps um, bring out the worst in people and definitely attracts the wrong type of people. And I don't know how you feel, Evan, but I feel like a lot of people also have the thank you next mentality, but they're just looking for the next best thing. Disposable. Yeah. Mm. No, I, I definitely, I definitely feel that, especially when it comes to the talk. Obviously, you guys can tell me what your experience are like talking to guys. But I definitely do feel like there are some people out there who I get it. You want you change your phone every two years, but I feel like there's some people who are trying to get an upgrade on their existing relationship. Like there, there's some people who have they're with someone, or you know, they find someone who they might have. 80% things in common, but they're just looking for that someone who's got that 95% plus in common with them. Uh, I definitely feel like there's people out there who are just shopping around, window shopping, browsing, whatever it is, maybe just getting a dopamine here, just the validation of someone talking to them. But I definitely get that impression from some people and it's really concerning. What was I gonna say? Um, so are there cultural, things that you're looking for or are you open-minded to dating outside of your culture outside of your race or do you have like a specific type of person that you're looking for for a long-term type of relationship do you mind um, if I go first sorry <laughs> right, I just feel like um yeah, otherwise I'll just get by the time it gets around to me. Um, I think there's, there's two things when it comes to this type of question. Um, first, you've got to look at like, um, the, like the physical attributes. Um, I think when it comes to dating outside of your race, etc. like I for example, I'm attracted. You know, there's no ethnicity I'm not attracted to um, sort of on the physical aspect of it. But I think when it comes to dating outside of your ethnicity or outside of your immediate race, I think both the physical, whether that's skin color, body shape, body type, et cetera, that's one side of the equation. I think the other side of the equation you have to look at is the cultural baggage that comes with uh, being involved with a person from this background or that background. So I think, especially when you're looking at someone's background, you have to look at what their relationship's like with their family, and you just sort of think about, okay, is this the type of person I want to get involved with? But I'm personally, I'm open uh, to dating outside of my ethnicity, but it's just one of those ones where, yeah, you just gotta really think about it because I think it does come with a lot of uh, potential trip hazards. Hmm. What about you, Q? 
I've kind of come full circle. So I started off with, um, <laughs> I've said this to you guys previously, but you know, the motto that once you go brown, the other colors let you down. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so I kind of started off with that. My, um, well, actually like all my relationships have been with brown people and brown guys. Um, and then it kind of in the middle, I kind of was like, well, so the one thing that's always been constant is they have to be Muslim because, because that's something that's important to me, right? Um, and I think I, in between, I was like, you know what, screw this. It doesn't matter. You know, I'm just gonna, if I find somebody who's not Muslim, then I won't, I'll find somebody that's not Muslim. Um, but then I kind of came back into what's kind of Ash was saying, similar to, you know what, that's all great saying that, but you're not the only person that is unfortunately involved in that relationship. And also I am a Muslim British Bengali. Those are all, you know, those three words are still part of my identity. And they, you know, I'm somebody who is quite, I guess, cultural, you know, I enjoy the kind of Bengali culture. I enjoy the Asian culture a lot and it's not just about appreciating, it's about understanding it and really kind of understanding the intricacies of it, which I, I'm open to kind of dating outside of people that are kind of brown, but I think it, it'll most likely be quite difficult to find that in somebody who isn't um, South Asian. But that's not to say if somebody did come along that wasn't and you know they were the perfect guy I wouldn't, you know, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm not, um, you know, I'm not going to try for it. But I think I've just always been attracted for the most part to people that are um, brown skinned. Lena, what about you? Has it been the same for you or have you had a different experience? I All my relationships have been with brown men um, and not because I've actively chosen to pursue or just that they've just happened to be brown men that I've been in. I mean, there hasn't been many, to be honest, but um, I, I'm very open to other races. And I think it's because half the time I forget that I am brown myself and I, I'm not a religious <clears throat> person. So I don't kind of look into any of that when I'm meeting people. Um, I, as I was saying, I'm more spiritual now. Um, so I don't know if I would fit into a family that was quite religious um, because I don't have those same beliefs. And I do feel that that could cause problems. Again, it depends on the person who I'm with. If they're kind of similar to me, more spiritual and um, not so heavy on the religion, um, then, then that's different. But um, yeah, I, I would be happy to. I mean, I think also is I haven't really grown up so from quite young I haven't really been around anybody any brown communities so I've always been around mixed people so to me it's all just you know this the person is the person um so yeah I mean it would be interesting to see I have dated a couple of white guys had fun experiences some have been weird um <laughs> <laughs> one guy um if you want to know a funny story one guy thought it would be so funny uh to take me to a sex shop on a first date what 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 what, what? what? you're gonna have to tell <laughs> us more now 
we were we were in Soho and he hadn't booked anywhere uh, so we were kind of just walking Red around and, yeah I know right <laughs> he we were just walking around trying to find a bar and um he made a joke and said, oh, I'm going to take you to a sex shop next, the next, you know, the next after a drink. And I was like, OK, fine, whatever. Like he's probably thinking that I'm prude or whatever. Or I'm just like, mate, I've got my own toys and shit. I don't I'm not phased by anything like that. And then he walked into the shop and I followed him and, I, you know, just having a nose around. And obviously I was very calm and I wasn't, you know, shocked or anything. And I don't know what he expected. But then later on in the day, he randomly asked me if I watched porn, too. Oh my god <laughs> and I was like we were having ice cream at the time and I was like okay that's slightly random um but then I kind of went with it and just was like well it depends what type who with <laughs> so embarrassing um, you feel like he just wanted well what yeah at the end of it yeah that's that's kind of all he wanted he tried to kiss me and I kind of turned and it was like really awkward <laughs> and I was like okay bye do you have, because I have, I'm very open-minded. I'm a big believer in you can't help who you're attracted to. So I have like dated people from different backgrounds, different cultural backgrounds, different ethnicities. Do you sometimes feel fetishized? If I can't say the word, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yes, 100%. Like it's that kind of, oh, you're exotic. I've actually had some. Yes. That's that word, that word there, exotic. Do you... Fetishization. Yes, I, I really struggle saying that word. Fetishization. <laughs> it's the shh, shh, shh on it. Um, do, you, do you feel that way? And have you experienced it with online dating? Because I have received some really creepy, weird messages in the past where it's been an instant go away. Um type of thing has that been your experience or not so much yes but in both regards so from non-people of color yes it's the whole kind of oh you're so exotic and it's kind of like a like a a, a tick and that kind of thing and they want to try that. it they want to yeah try. um and then they can be like yeah you know i've i've been with a brown person too um which is like i didn't realize that was a life goal, um, but apparently. Um, but the other side, I've had it from brown men who have been like, who have assumed that because I'm brown, I'm going to be much more, I guess, timid for lack of a better word, you know, the whole like, so there's, um, there's a saying where it's a, you date a Firangi, but then you end up with the Apnirangi, which basically translates to you date uh, foreigners and air quote white men um, but then you always end up with somebody who's your own skin color and that kind of is a oh they'll just always be there they'll be the kind of a docile I can tell them to do whatever and they'll just be kind of the quiet obedient housewife I've kind of had it from both ends interestingly it's very interesting you guys are saying all that I've not experienced that um, but I guess I haven't dated that much so um it's, oh. not, it's not very um it's not very nice this it's i don't know i don't know if it's a this is a white thing or or if it's a male thing i think in, in the, on the rare occasions where i've been involved with um white women uh, this was back at university but um 
the impression I got was it was just, it was just a white middle class girl just liking the fact that she had a brown boyfriend. I don't know if it was just a tick box or just something she, she just wants to tell her friends afterwards. Yeah. I've dated this, 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 look at me, I'm so progressive, la, la, la. I don't know what it was, but I definitely, I don't feel the fetishization, perhaps in the same way you ladies would feel, as in towards you, your bodies, whatever, uh, but I just felt a more like kind of cultural, like sort of like, look at me, I'm being a brown person, I'm very open-minded type of thing, um, and yeah, I've definitely got that on more than one occasion, um, so that's impressive. Training, sorry, I was going to say, mm. American diversity training, like, we're diverse. We have one brown person in our, you know, workplace. Yeah, I think it's just, it's just, it's just the, I don't know, it's just one of those ones where almost like, because um, I have more one person. And I, just, I could have swear, I could have swore she was a bit um, racist towards uh, travellers and black people, actually. She's not out, not out and out. It's what, it's what I call middle-class racism, you know, the looks mm. on their face um you know face like a slapped backside when that type of person walks into a room um so that type of that type of what i call middle class racism um so i feel like definitely for them dating a brown person was like oh, look at me i'm very progressive i this is a really big topic that i'm gonna like quickly just run over not really gonna go too too much in depth but i'm gonna say this i have come across some people where another race that's not their own will be their their preference i've met white men that have said to me that they prefer black women and that is their preference and i know that they've gone on to marry and have children and be in like i know yeah relationships for a very long time and that is literally their their dating pool obviously i know this because london is a very small place <laughs> um but I've, they've, they've said that to me. I've had men say to me in the past, like I've come across men that say that that is their preference and they just are attracted to that skin tone. They mm. like, I, and it's like, then I don't know. There is a thin line between fetish and preference. And that's how it's viewed when someone from another race is interested in another ethnicity that's that's not of the same background so I think that's a really interesting topic I need to do a podcast on that in the future because obviously I'm still friends with some of these people so I would like one of my closest friends um a white boy we're really good friends nothing has ever happened between us but his preference is black women and all of his ex-girlfriends obviously he brings them home his family doesn't care nobody cares but that is his preference he's just attracted to black girls so I, I do find that really interesting and it's not in a negative way it's like a normal it's like a normal thing I wouldn't be friends with him if he was a creep <laughs> yeah but I think it's it comes back to the you can't help who you're attracted to you can't yeah. help like right Definitely. and I think it, it is that you know I'm I'm attracted more to brown men than I am to non-brown men but that doesn't necessarily mean anything other than I just like the way that they look most of the time yeah and that's so I think uh, sorry I was just going to say even though I've only dated Asian men I really don't find them that attractive <laughs> <What>? <laughs> 
They're they're not explain, explain, explain. Well, the relationships I've had are just because they've just happened. I've met somebody and then they seemed nice. But if I'm going on dating apps, they are not the first people that I would kind of be like, oh yeah. Okay, my my recent ex was a very, very different story, but in general, I don't really go for Indian Asian men. <laughs> I mean they it, I, it they just are, happens. They good, <laughs> they're good looking and everything, but to me, I don't know. It just um it just doesn't like I, I'm appreciative of all most other men. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll I'll I do know what you mean though, Eben, because my friend is engaged to a white man. He's for she's Mauritian like me. Um and he's from the Ukraine, but he has said he doesn't like the pasty. He's had a he's had girlfriends who were white before, and he doesn't like the pasty whiteness. He prefers the olive skin tone. And now I'm remembering I also dated a guy, an Irish guy, and he also preferred olive toned skin and Asian women. So it is. It's like Kavina said. It is just down to you know you can't help what you're attracted to. One hundred percent. It's it's a it's an interesting topic, and I really want to delve more more into it because. I just find it quite fascinating because there are a lot of free judgments and assumptions from negative experiences because the line can be quite thin sometimes. Um, What was I going to say? What cultural challenges has dating brought you though? In terms of for Q and Ash, in terms of finding someone that is preferably brown. <laughs> you know what? Like I again, this is this can be expanded in a lot of a lot of different ways, and there's a lot of factors to this. But it's finding someone who has the same halal haram ratio to you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know what she's talking about. There. <laughs> like, I love I that. Oh my god. I'm not necessarily a tradition like you know very conservative at all but at the same time I'm not I don't fit into the category of I don't you know I don't relate to my culture at all I'm kind of in between and finding people that are not only in between but also have the same sort of cultural values as you is really difficult because or at least I found it really difficult. I don't, I don't know what other people's experiences have been, but I found it really difficult where I'm like, well, I kind of, I feel like I'm kind of a 70, 30 at any given point, either way, depending on who I'm around, depending on my mood. Like I, you know, my music taste goes from old school Bollywood and, mm-hmm. and to like old school, like Frank Sinatra to kind of like, you know what, I'm going to be listening to like some pop um, or like you know, it, it really ranges from Indian music to classicals to you know the Western music, so to for lack of a better word. And that's just music and interest. And then you you know you have the values on PDA, values on whether you're going to have sex or not, or values on are you willing to be living together before um, before you kind of put a ring on it, so to speak are you willing to live with in-laws or not? There's just so many factors that come into this encompass of halal haram ratio. 
Ash, what about you? Yeah. Ash has sent me some really funny screenshots from Muzmatch, like some dating profiles. And I'm like, that's not real. That is not real. That's not, that's got to be fake because it's like, hilarious. You've got I wanna, people. I wanna see these screenshots. Yeah, we do. Uh, we'll set up a WhatsApp group, okay? <laughs> we'll set up a WhatsApp group. Uh, of I know, surviving, surviving the online uh, world. <laughs> um, but I think, based on what uh, yeah, like for example, I've seen somewhere uh, like divorced, having kids, and looking for their third husband, and they say things like, "Oh." If you have kids already, don't swipe. I'm like, okay. Like, it's just weird. It's like, you know, people with kids, but they, they don't want to be with a guy who might have kids of his own. Just like, it's a bit, a bit of a double standard. It's things like that, just some absolute mm. madness. Um, but in terms of some of the things that Q sort of mentioned, I very much agree with a lot of that. Um, like, for me, I see like a sliding scale. One end of this, one end, you've got like the type that love going partying, going to places like Ibiza, and then the other end of the scale, you've got like Shalima Begum type personality. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> I just, I, I just like, do you, is, is the choice really someone with fundamentalist sympathies or someone who loves partying all the time? Is there no happy medium and that's that's the um, experience i've had coming across some people sorry that i've had a guy who asked do you mind if my mum comes to chaperone the date what? wow what <laughs> you needed a chaperone what so he wouldn't be inappropriate no just because it was inappropriate for him to apparently be meeting me at a coffee shop all you were doing is just let's grab coffee <laughs> Wow. Mm. I'm, I don't know how I would mm. I don't know what I would be like if someone's mum was sitting there judging me whilst I was having like a first date with somebody I wouldn't know oh my oh that's really interesting <laughs> yeah <laughs> I echo that everyone did you go Q no <laughs> listen I am way too much of a harami to be like yes <laughs> somebody else come on this date like I would I would like to be my my hojabi self <laughs> have you had any like bad dates then Q at all apart from oh so many so many you want to tell us the worst story the worst you know what the worst story has to be um last lockdown um I went was it last lockdown or maybe which one <laughs> yeah I know so sometime during the pandemic hottest day um went just I basically started on hinge um after kind of not really being on the apps at all and I was like okay you know what my motto is if I can have a conversation with somebody because also trying to find to being able to have a decent conversation with somebody on these apps, you'd be surprised at how difficult it is. Oh, yeah. A lot of these guys just don't have a conversational skills. Forget flirting game or whatever. They just can't mm. you know, carry on a conversation. Um, anyway, so I went on this date 
um, firstly, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of skipping a lot parts of this story because to kind of keep it <laughs> relatively short and concise, but firstly, he was wearing less than I was, which is, I always find a bit weird in a guy. Um, he was wearing gray short shorts and a vest top. Um, and anyway, so I walk. You should have aborted the, you should have aborted the mission then. Then and there, you should have aborted the mission. <laughs> Stop. No, it gets better. It's better slash worse. Um, we sat down on a picnic um, blanket, and obviously because it's COVID times, so we've got our own kind of mats. Um, also, it's a good way for me to be like, if I don't like you, please stay two meters away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, so we sat down. We're kind of talking, and the conversation is going okay. Like the conversation is going it, decent enough, right? Like we're chatting. I think at that time we were talking about like the new furlough system that had been in, introduced um, and kind of things like that. So relatively intelligent conversation where he just goes, stop, wait, I have, I have a really serious question to ask you. In my mind, I'm thinking, oh, okay, it's a bit weird to kind of mid conversation to stop, but fine. He's like, no, I've been, I've been meaning to ask you ever since we started talking and I just didn't know when to bring it up, but it's really important that I know and I don't want you to freak out because I know it's a little bit early for me to be asking you, but I just, I really need to know. Um, just, so just, just give me your honest opinion. In my mind, I'm like, this is the first time I've met you. Please, for the love of God, please do not like get down on one knee or something mm-hmm. stupid like that. Like, oh my God, freaking out already. Apprehensively, I'm like, um, okay. He stands up takes a couple of steps back, pulls down his shorts to reveal, ne- <laughs> no, no, to reveal neon yellow boxes and goes, so are you a boxes or briefs kind of girl? <laughs> I'm mortified. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> what the heck? To <laughs> uh, which I'm like, well, I'm a, please put your pants up kind of girl. We're in a public, bear in mind, we're in a national trust. Excuse me, we can't be, you can't be doing that in the middle of Virginia water park. There are kids around, there are dogs around. There was a dog that was walking past who literally looked like, what the hell dude? And I really wanted to like turn around and be like, yeah, me too. That's exactly what I'm thinking. (laughs) How did you escape? Sorry? How did you escape? I just started like, uh, well, so I was like, uh, listen, put your pants on. Eventually he does. And he's like, I don't know why you're Eventually. Yeah, no, it took like five minutes of me being like, you're not putting your pants on. He's like, answer the question. I'm like, pull your, put your clothes back on. This is not like, where, what, do, I don't know what you think this is. I don't know who, what kind of girl you think I am, but you need to put your clothes on right now right this second because i'm not going to jail for this i refuse <laughs> worthwhile <laughs> he's a flasher you went on a date with a flasher yeah <laughs> that gate that goes worse that date story has not ended yet <laughs> uh, please continue please continue um eventually i'm like oh you know what um he's like oh okay well maybe we can grab some food you know because we've just got kind of like small picnic stuff and I was like oh you know I just remembered I have to go meet my um family 
and in my mind I'm like I'm flustered and I'm panicking and I'm like I need an exit strategy and I need it now I can't I, like I can't even pick up my phone to call somebody or text somebody because it, it's not it, we're in a park it's too public it's too open right I can't like slyly text under the desk or something um but I'm like oh, I have to meet my family um by my sister needs me and he's like oh um how many siblings do you have like there's just the one sister I'm like no that's not true I only have one sister I don't know why I was like no um, <laughs> and I was like no and they're like oh how many I'm like oh just just a few <laughs> I don't know anybody with like more than one like sibling who's been like yeah just a few just a few here a few there you know don't really count them under pressure lying <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like oh, I'm just gonna uh, start heading off you know and he's like oh well let's grab like let's stop by an ice cream truck um I think I saw one um before we get to the exits um and I was like if it's on the way but I really want to start walking I, I don't want to make my sister wait she's um she's she's very distraught um and she he was like how do you know I'm like intuition <laughs> like I'm the amount of BS that was coming out of my mouth, I was like, it is a, you know what? I've never been so happy to be in marketing and have the ability to make crap up on the spot as I was then. Was he believing it? Well, you know, seemingly, I don't know, but I didn't, wow. care. <laughs> I didn't care enough. I wanted out ASAP. So he started walking to the state, um, towards the exit and he we do unfortunately come across an ice cream um, van and he's like, oh, let's go get an ice cream. Queue up. Um, for context, there's a mom and a, like a, her young son who must have been around three or four behind us. And we're in front. We um, get to the front and he's like, oh, I want a, uh, an ice cream with two flakes and strawberry sauce. Really specific. Um, Oh, no, before he's like, I want to order first, if that's okay with you. I'm like, sure, I, I don't even want ice cream. I just want to leave. Sure, you, go, you order. He orders that. And the guy's like, oh, I don't have, um, the ice cream man was like, oh, I don't have strawberry sauce. I'm really sorry. Now, I've never, he was 32. I've never seen a 32-year-old man throw, throw a full-grown strop over the lack of strawberry sauce in the middle of a park. No. To the point where the guy, the kid behind me was like, "Mummy, why is that guy shouting?" And I really wanted to be like, "I don't know." <laughs> like, <clears throat> anyway, so eventually that we get over the palaver of him like throwing a strop over the ice cream. He eventually, I get he makes me forces me to have an ice cream with one flake. We compromised. Um, no, obviously no strawberry sauce. We start walking and he's like, oh, you're going to have your flake. Do you mind if I have it? I'm like, uh, okay, but like, just don't touch the ice cream. Just take it from the tip. And he's like, oh, but why? <laughs> like, what? You know, when you're like, I don't know what the answer to that is, apart from don't because <laughs> like, don't touch my ice cream. Anyway, he, he takes the he takes the flake um, and he's like, why are you looking at me like that? I'm like, you know what? I Do you want the rest of the ice cream too or something? Saying this as a joke, he's like, oh yeah, if you don't mind. <laughs> so 
I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, take it. And I, you know, pass it by the cone. He grabs it from the top of the ice cream, not the bottom, the top of the ice cream, puts it, wraps it in a tissue and puts it in his pocket. What? <laughs> what? Pocket. <laughs> what? What the hell am I listening to here? <laughs> There clearly, clearly he, clearly he, did, clearly he didn't have his meds that day. <laughs> He's saving the ice cream for later. He was. That's just not normal. Who paid? Who paid for the ice cream? By the way, it would have. I, I did. Oh great! So he did. So he didn't even pay. Oh no! Oh wow! What a weirdo! Wow! <laughs> So that's my worst date story. (laughs) Would you say it's difficult to find somebody that's on your level? So, so, yes. So you're wrapped with your career to meet you at the same or higher. That's like, you know, same mindset, same mentality then. I think so. I think that it was, it's been difficult before I started the kind of, you know, self-growth journey. But now that I've gotten it, I find it it's even harder because not only am I, it definitely you know, is, you know, in that middle ground of, am I brown? Am I British? Where am I? I'm kind of in the middle. On an added layer to that is, there's a level of spirituality that I would be looking for, right? There's somebody who will be able mm. to have these philosophical conversations who I can turn around and be like, oh, you know, I don't know. There's something sim- as simple as, you know what do you think about you know this type of growth what do you think about therapy what do you think about i don't know anything and everything mm. right even these conversations you just it's so hard to find anybody let alone a guy um you know when you're narrowing it down to like gender to have these deep conversations with I don't know whether I've kind of shot myself in the foot by kind of growing more and like different things. <laughs> Victim <laughs> of your own success. That is how you start to feel. You're like, oh, you're doing all this growth in your mind, you know, the way you approach things is different. How are you going to find a high value man who's, who's self-aware and doing healing work, is aware of their own trauma um, and wanting to work on themselves? I'm finding that it's definitely not going to be on dating apps. Yeah. 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 So, but yeah. then where else do you meet them? Like, when the pandemic, where I'm, for example, I'm mainly working from home. Um, I'm not really going into the office as much. Where am I going to meet? It's not going to be in my house. I'm not, even if I was at a bar, other people are really going to be kind of hanging out at bars who are like, you know, very drunk. The guy, The type of guys I probably would bond with would probably be at bookstores or at the mm-hmm. library. I'm not there. <laughs> That's where you need to go. Looks like looks like you need to go to the library and check out a man. <laughs> <laughs> what would your advice be to other people listening that are on their own self-growth journeys? Oh, that that's really because it really depends on where they are. I think firstly it'd be work, you know, start with yourself, but also 
don't be put off by other people's journeys it you know the classic thing of it's not a race everyone's journey is so different and so personal to you there is no fixed time scale you know just because you know x person did it in three months and you feel like you're kind of taking a bit longer that's not a weakness on your part in any shape or form or just because they're tried trying you know a particular type of <clears throat> self-growth and you find that that's not working like a lot of people have found that um, that I've spoken to saying that you know what I hate journaling because journaling just doesn't work for me meditation in the form of sitting there and meditating doesn't work for me but that's okay your your form of meditation could be doing the laundry it could be you know mopping the floor it could be cleaning it could be reading it doesn't matter meditation is um it's a form of mindset and I think your that's what I mean by your journey and your kind of your growth will always be so different to what somebody else is going through so don't know as hard as it sounds don't start comparing but also find a guru find one person who you really believe in what they're saying and let them guide you I mean for me I I can wholeheartedly say that Matthew Hussey was a there was a point where, to the point even now, where if I'm in situation, I'd be like, what would Matt do? What yes. would Matt say? <laughs> I'm, sure you can get, I'm sure you can get a bracelet that says that. <laughs> if I, I think, could, like, I genuinely thought about mm. getting a poster and just sticking it up, being like, what would Matt say? That's going to mm. be my tattoo. What would Matthew do? <laughs> I think it's important to really sit with yourself if you're if you're in a spot where you're struggling with your life and you're not sure where it's going really sit with yourself and be honest with yourself about what what you like and what you don't like and if you're around people that are not nourishing to you who make you feel worse than you are if there are people that make you feel much better about yourself then stick with those people um and again yeah if if there's a particular field that you want to you know go into like looking for people like online coaches like Matthew Hussey there are like quite a lot of people on Instagram and stuff like that that I now follow um but it 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 all really comes down to yourself and really tapping into your own heart and what you truly want for yourself where can people find you can you shout out bold brown and british can you shout out your social media links and yeah tell us tell us what we can expect next from your podcast please <laughs> sure um so we're um at instagram instagram's always the easiest place to find me the handle is at bold brown and british um what to expect so we did uh depending i don't know when this is going to come out um, your one but we did a dating story um, where basically people from Instagram sent us their dating horror stories. Um, We've got the next one, which is dating advice. So people that had sent in advice, we've got what to do when you're losing yourself in your relationship. If you find yourself in a toxic relationship, the turmoils of being 30, gendered marketing. uh, What does it mean to be a feminist? We've got some really exciting stuff coming up. Um, I actually, hopefully, fingers crossed, will be doing um, another collab with yourself, wonderful, with about just being a boss babe. 
100% I'm looking forward to it and kind of the are tackling the question of are we all secretly toxic because I kind of think we are mm-hmm. um yeah that's some exciting stuff and hopefully I'm looking forward to kind of seeing seeing where it goes perfect Lena where can we find you uh I mean I'm on Instagram I'm not like um I don't have any podcasts or anything to shout about but I actually don't, I can't remember what my Instagram name is <laughs> Ash does not have any social media so Ash will be back again he loves to I'm, talk so I'm just I'm just so Ash's private... number is <laughs> I'm, I'm just a private citizen with a big mouth and a lot of opinions hence why I keep getting invited onto these shows um no I don't have any socials I, I, for my own mental health I think it's just too noisy I need um yeah I need the mental declutter of just staying away from socials and stuff like that but in terms of yeah in general yeah you'll find me on uh Ebby online as a guest contributor every once in a while and you also find me on Bold Brown and British as a guest contributor every once in a while as well Perfect. yeah I guess you can find me the same on Q Thank you for listening. Please tune in next week, Monday, for a new guest and a new exciting topic. Feel free to check out more of my content at ebbyonline.com.